Welcome to the Life Success and Legacy Podcast. We're glad you're here, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, we want to welcome everybody to our podcast at Life Success and Legacy. I'm Chris Bay, joined by Michael K. Everett. Mike, how are you doing this morning? I am doing fabulous. Good Good, morning, good good. morning. Good, good, good. Well, uh, we've got a topic today. We've been, the last couple of podcasts, we've been talking about some of the questions that come up in our boot camps. And um, we recommend people join us for one of our boot camps. You can sign up for one of those learning events uh, on our website at lifesuccesslegacy.com. We've got lots of resources there for learning. We've got learning kits. We've got um, learning opportunities with our webinars, with our boot camps. You can order books there, all kinds of things, depending on your learning style as you want to learn about infinite banking. And of course, there are links to our podcast, which we've been releasing about every two weeks since 2016. My goodness gracious. (laughs) It seems like a long time. It does right now. I don't really think you and I have that much to talk about. (laughs) No, we really don't. (laughs) So uh, we've been going through these questions. And today, um, one of the the top questions that comes out in our boot camps is when we bring up the term franchising. Okay. Mm -hmm. And just for our listeners, Mike, can you just, we use that term franchising, but what does that mean? It just in simple terms. In simple terms, really, uh, we're taking a policy that they already have in place and we're rearranging or re-engineering the way the premium is allocated inside the policy and taking a portion of the premium from the first policy and helping create a second policy and uh i love your example uh, of the barbecue shack yeah, that'd probably be a great example just to give people a big picture of it. Well, yeah, if you, you take any restaurant, right, McDonald's, barbecue, barbecue shack, whatever it is, if you've got one of those restaurants that's doing really well on the east side of town, wouldn't you pull a few of the proceeds from that, that business and start another one on the west side of town? Now you've got two businesses, right? If anybody has followed yep. the, the business model with McDonald's, right? And many businesses have followed that model. The same thing applies to our life insurance policies, our IBC policies, is that each of those policies, Mike, you always talk about, each policy is like a business, right? You got to capitalize it. Go ahead, <laughs> I go ahead. Just, I, I was just going to go there. You know, as you were talking about the McDonald's or the Burger Shack or a Barbecue Shack, Really, it's it, it's think long term, capitalize generously. And so those are the first two of Nelson's principles in play when you're thinking about a business. And the great thing about uh, IBC is Nelson says every time you start a brand new policy, it's like starting a brand new business. So this is not this is not rocket science for everybody who's listening. This is not rocket science or Mike Everett and Chris Bay would not be doing this. <laughs> so, so just to give people what we're going to answer for you today in this podcast is why would someone want to franchise their IBC policies and start multiple policies? And secondly, how does that happen? 
And that how does get into the weeds just a little bit because mm -hmm. there are a variety of ways to design policies and not all designs lend themselves to franchising. And we'll get into that here just a little bit. But to begin with, Mike, I want to ask you a couple of questions here to address right. the why would someone want to franchise their IBC policies? Okay. So the first question is, and let's just take a, a, a standard $10,000 premium policy and we're going to use a 40 60 split so 40 those who have listened to our podcast know 40 percent of the of the premium is going into the base premium and that will continue for years mm -hmm. and years and 60 percent of that premium will go into the paid up addition portion and the way we design that we typically fully fund the pua for the first four years then starting the fifth year we start to decrease that amount of premium okay so let's take one of those $10,000 IBC policies, okay? And would you rather, would you rather have one policy that in, let's just say year 15, depending on age, gender, health, et cetera. Right, right. But in year 15, you would make a premium deposit, the base premium of $4,000, and the cash value would grow by $8,000. Would you Correct. rather have one policy doing that or would you have like to have multiple policies doing that same thing? Multiple policies in a heartbeat. It's a very simple answer, isn't it? Yes, it, right. it is. It's almost too simple. Second question. Would you rather have death benefit on one person? Let's just say it's you. Or would you rather have death benefit on multiple people? Multiple. Okay. Now, I, I'm going to I'm going to attack both of those questions from one simple thing that we learned. We learned from a system that when you buy life insurance, you buy one policy. We learned from a system to spend as little as we possibly can on the premium and buy as big a death benefit, but only get one policy. And about 99.9% .9 of the people, and we'll just use a husband and wife, for example, they want to buy policies. I want to buy policy, one policy on me, and I want to buy one policy on my wife. And that's what we think of, because that's what the system has taught us. But if you've attended one of our webinars and I, I say this all the time, everything that we learned in our financial world, in our banking world, is based on lies and deception. This is the awesome thing about what life success and legacy does. We keep turning stones until we find the truth, until we find what really works the best for not just today, but 10, 15, 20 years from now. That's right. That's right. So when you think of building this system, it really is like if you've got a, a you know, barbecue shack or a yep. McDonald's or whatever, it's simply franchising, but mm -hmm. you're doing that with the same dollars. You're not having to add any additional dollars to the nope. system. So with that same $10,000 that went into the premium, four into the base, six into the PUA, you're able to actually franchise and add an additional policy theoretically in every five-year chunk okay correct now 
we talk about the design of the policy and 40%, 60%. Not all policies are designed that way. Hmm. There are some folks who um, they're really excited about getting a high percentage of cash value available immediately. Okay. <laughs> With that design, sometimes you hear about like an, uh, a 20% base, 80% PUA. Sometimes people try to get even more aggressive. So Mike, when we, uh, we look at these policies, there is an element of uh, a term called the MEC, the Modified Endowment Contract. Mm -hmm. and, and we have to be aware of that when we're designing these policies, especially as we design them for more aggressive cash value. For our listeners, can you just describe what is the Modified Endowment Contract? Well, the, the modified endowment contract is really something that the IRS came up with in 1988. Basically, it says that you can put X number of dollars in for a seven pay period. They call it the seven pay test. That means that the IRS says that you can only put so much money in this thing or if you go over that, it becomes a modified endowment contract. And if it becomes a modified endowment contract, it changes the way the IRS views that contract. Basically, it says, hold on, if you're going to take a, a, any kind of money against this policy, we are then going to call it a MEC, a modified endowment contract, and we're going to start charging you income taxes on the usage of that money. So it becomes an investment, not necessarily a life insurance contract per se, the way we design the policy. And so as we take a more aggressive stance in the design of the policy to get higher percentage of cash value in the first couple of years, we start getting closer and closer to that MEC line. And there's some yep. things that we do in the design of that to keep it from becoming a MEC. Can you just explain by adding on that term rider how that works? Well, um, the, the term rider, you know, early on when, when we were kind of arranging and rearranging the way the dollars were allocated in the policy, um, the term rider was necessary if we were being too aggressive with the premium. So if you ended up, somebody came to you and said, hey, wait a second here, I want 30% in the base and 70% in the paid up addition. We usually had to add a, a, a 50 or 100 or maybe a $250,000 term rider to push it away from the MEC line. Um, I have found, and I think this is through all of our team's uh, just assessment and the way we have learned a little bit more about the policy. Remember, infinite banking is a learning process mm -hmm. and we're learning still along the way. Um, that term writer really isn't all that necessary unless you have a little bit older client or they're unhealthy. So, and I'm going to say older, I'm going to say 55 to 65, depending on health, you know, just things that are going on in their world. Yeah. So uh, the term writer does, though, drag it away from the MEC line. Is it necessary? 
And golly, I, you know, I, I hate to do this. I'm, I'm going to jump over to, to page 38 in the book. Page 38 in the book actually gives you a design of different policies of why it becomes a mech. There is a, a in detail on, on pages, it's called creating the entity 36, 37, 38, and 39. It actually goes into detail in Nelson's book of what the mech line is, why we do what we do, and where Nelson really helped us learn how to design the policy so it did not become a modified endowment contract. And so the reason that we want to bring this up to our listeners is if you are asking for a higher, a more aggressive, higher cash value in the early years of your policy, you're going to have to add a significant term rider onto that. And if you do that, you have to keep everything in place. Otherwise, it will become a mech and you don't have the flexibility to franchise. No. So what Nelson gave us was an example of this 40-60 split, which is still aggressive for cash value. Yeah. Also takes long-term thinking into mind because you're not shrinking down that base so small. And the base is really the engine of this thing over the it, long haul. It totally Remember is. the PUA we're dropping after the first four years or we're decreasing it after the first four years. So mm -hmm. those are things that we've taken into consideration as both the short-term benefits as well as the long-term benefits. And if you take all of that into consideration and you don't have to add a big term rider to keep it from becoming a mech, then you had the opportunity to franchise with the original same dollars. Yep. Pretty cool. And, you know, we haven't had this all figured out from day one. This has taken some time uh, over That's the right. years. And, and we've continued to learn and play around with designs and things like that. And then, of course, with different life insurance companies, they've got different bells and whistles. And so you've yep. got to figure out how within their bells and whistles to make it work uh, for, for the client. Yep, you really do. So, so when you franchise, Mike, um, I'm reminded that um, Nelson Nash had owned 49 life insurance policies at one point. Right. Um, we personally have multiple policies. Yep. Sometimes people ask the question, are you limited to just one life insurance policy per person? <laughs> What is the limiting factor for a life insurance company when they're looking at someone who's wanting to do multiple policies on themselves as the insured? Well, really what they're looking at is the death benefit. That's all they're looking at. And so, you know, normally what people would do is they would buy as little premium as they can and get as big a death benefit as they could. Well, we do opposite of that. We, we put as much premium in as we get as a little of death benefit. So I end up having six policies right now. And uh, what do they call that? Human life value is the way they determine that. So it, it's usually somewhere between 15 and 25 times your annual earned income. So if you just take whatever your income is times, let's just say 20, do something right in the middle. That's a bunch of death benefit for somebody. Um, I, I think right now I have uh, $2.4 million worth of life insurance. I'm nowhere near my human life value. 
so I could actually purchase more life insurance right now on my life, if need be, at 66 years old. Ooh, I'm inside. I'm inside the six months, so it'd be a 67-year-old. <laughs> Woo-woo! <laughs> so now let's get into just the logistics of this. Um, in the first four years, we have $4,000 going to the base. Yep. We have $6,000 going to the PUA. We've fully funded this policy for the first four years. Starting the fifth year, we're going to decrease that PUA down, and it depends on the company and the design of the policy. But let's just say we decrease that down to $100 a year just to keep that PUA open as a bucket to dump mm -hmm. money if mm -hmm. we need to. But we're going to reduce that from $6,000 down to $1,000. So our premium in that fifth year is $4,100, right? Right. What happens with the rest of those PUA dollars we were putting in there? There's, there's 5,900 that we're no longer putting into the, into the premium. You know, I'm going to even kind of back up two steps. Okay. Because this is important for people to understand. They're going, why in the world are we doing this? Because most of the traditional financial gurus out there who are selling whole life insurance would go, no, 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 you shouldn't do that. So they're probably wondering where we got this from. Where did we get this idea from? Well, if you if you go back to the equipment financing section in, in Nelson's book, starting in page 51, it talks about a logger who actually is utilizing dividend paying whole life insurance to finance trucks. But in his example, he capitalizes the policy for four years. And then he has different examples where he actually drops the paid up edition rider in the book. So where did we get this idea? We got it right out of Nelson's book. Now, the awesome thing is, and I'm going to now attack your question. Mm -hmm. If we're doing this and we're doing it the right way, then that means that we're paying 4,000 in the base, 6,000 in the PUA. You indicated though, uh, in year five, we're basically doing away with the $6,000 paid up edition rider and we're putting the minimum of $100 just to keep this bucket open over here. Well, we have found through a lot of trial and error that most of the time, if you leave the the base and the PUA on, it actually decreases the internal growth of the policy from year five to about year 12 or 13. So it takes a little bit of time to get back to what we call breaking quote unquote even. But in year five, when we dropped the PUA down to the minimum $100, we put 4,000 in. This thing grows by 47, 48, $4,900. Now, for all of you people who are interested in rates of return, if you take $4,800 and you divide it by 4,000, it's 20% rate of return. Now, I don't know any place in America that you're going to get 20% on your money. This is just life insurance. So if we do this properly, 
and we grow this thing the way it's supposed to be, now we're going to get into franchising. You pay your annual base premium of $4,000 and it grows by $4,800. How much were you used to spending on your original policy? 10 grand. Well, what would happen if all of a sudden we took a policy loan of $4,000, we put the original $6,000 with it and we started a brand new policy for you or somebody else that you have an insurable interest in. So wait a second, let's just use it on, on me, for example. So the first policy we paid 10,000 for the first four years, let's just say it was $300,000 worth of death benefit. I'm just using this as an example. And it grew to about $400,000 in year five. Well, we take the policy loan, we put the 6,000 and we start the policy again of $10,000. Is the $500,000 of death benefits still in place? It is. Is there a brand new policy of $400,000 or $350,000? I don't even care what it is. So for the same $10,000, I have $500 plus $400 using the same $10,000. So I have $900,000 worth of death benefit. Does that mean that I have more cash value available to utilize? It does. So you're actually getting a win-win situation for every single time that you decide to start a new policy or what we call franchise. That's oh, right. Man, that's good. But if we had designed that pop, that original policy highly aggressive for cash value, like a, a 20% base, 80% PUA, and we had to add a big uh, term rider on there to keep it from mecking, we have to keep that all together for a yep. long period of time, otherwise it will become a mech. So it reduces your opportunity to franchise your system. You know, I love what uh, Mike Crawford always says when, when you decide to get aggressive in the design of that thing. If you, are, if you are designing the policy aggressively on the front end, you are getting something more cash on the front end, but you're giving up something really huge 20, 25 years from now. So that really doesn't go along with Nelson's whole thought process of think long-term. That's right. And then the capitalization, we tell people capitalize generously well, you're not really capitalizing generously when you're putting it all into the PUA and or a term rider. You're actually defeating something that could be really great 15, 20, 30 years from now when you really, really, really need the money. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of nuances into franchising for sure. Oh, and, and we've been doing this auditorily for people listening, which makes it challenging. If they want to sign up for one of our boot camps, we actually show visuals and we use illustrations and we get into the, <laughs> the details of this. You can sign up for our boot camps um, on, our, on our website at lifesuccesslegacy.com. 
Um, we recommend that you uh, join a webinar. We do those live. Mike typically does those on Monday evenings live about every other, well, twice a month or so he yep. does those. And, and that really is a good foundational learning of some of the concepts of like when, when Mike mentions think long-term and some of those things, he addresses those foundational learnings in the webinar. If you do mm -hmm. the webinar and you've been listening to our boot camps or listening to our podcast, you are ready for the boot camp. And, yep. and that's an opportunity where we dive in deep into some of these issues. We show examples of what a strategy would look like and how we design the strategies for clients using our software. So after you do that whole process, you will have a very clear understanding as to whether you think IBC is for you or not. Even more so, we know that really deep learning happens when it's meaningful to you. And what's really meaningful is you seeing your plan with your numbers. Amen. So if you're curious and you want to see what an IBC strategy would look like for you, you know, no cost. Reach out to us. We'd be happy to walk through our process, do our dream conversation, send you the link to our, our Inspiring Hope and Freedom uh, software, and we will design a strategy for you to review and think about. So. Good stuff, Mike Everett, as always. Your fantastic explanation of franchising. Thank you for sharing that information. I love how you always take us back to Nelson's book, the foundations of, of what Nelson taught us. Yeah, it's important. It is important. All right, for our listeners, um, if you're listening on podcast and you could download and leave a review, it would help us out a lot. If you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment and like. Um, if you don't want to do any of that, that's cool. Just thanks for joining us. And, and we hope that you'll continue and find our podcast beneficial. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Mike Everett. All right. Bye.